Hello, and welcome to the Sacrifice of Praise podcast, where we discuss what it means to praise God even when it's difficult. My name is Tori. And my name is Mary. And we are your hosts. Come chat about faith and life with your new sisters in Christ and enjoy learning and growing alongside us. We are so glad you're here. Welcome back to the Sacrifice of Praise podcast. We have an exciting episode in store today. If you are currently dating, engaged, married, or even if you're single, but feel called to marriage, this episode is for you. We are going to be welcoming guests Dan and Jenny Nielsen on for today's topic, which is all about preparing for the sacrament of marriage, what to look for in a spouse, how to date, and we will even dive into some marriage advice as well. Dan and Jenny are actually my husband, Tim's aunt and uncle. So I am pretty close with them and they are just the best. They are high school sweethearts. Well, technically kindergarten sweethearts and are just a perfect and beautiful example of a strong marriage founded in faith. They have helped couples during the pre-cana process to prepare for the sacrament of marriage and have also been sponsor couple as well and continue to be a great role model to so many young couples. We cannot wait to welcome them on, but first let's go ahead and dive into some of our current favorites. So Mary, you want to kick us off? Yes, absolutely. So my current favorite, I just celebrated my birthday and of course, Natalie sent me the best package. She always (laughs) comes through with the best gifts. I don't know what to tell you. She's just the best. And, um, literally I opened, I opened her package before I opened Bobby's and he was like, of course, Natalie showing me up because (laughs) she just is the best. But one of the things that she gave me was the, if you're Haley Bieber, if you're Justin Bieber fan, whatever, Haley Bieber has a skincare line called road and Natalie and I are both equally obsessed with Haley Bieber. So we have been following this journey for a long time. Um, but everything is always sold out. Like it's all always sold out. It's new. So it's, you know, to be expected kind of, but she sent me the road. It's called the peptide. What's it called? Peptide lip treatment, I think is what it's called. And it is so good. It is, um, yeah. Peptide lip treatment. I had to look it up. (laughs) It's, it's just like the best um, chapstick, but it's thick. And, you know, Haley Bieber always has like the glazed donut, like skin and lips. And I feel like it really gives like a good gloss too, without being like, I don't know. It's just, it's so good. So I've been loving that. I feel like I'm super picky about, um, chapsticks too, because like for me, my ride or die honestly is Aquaphor because I feel like it's the only thing that doesn't, um, one, like make me need more. Do you know what I mean? Like when you put on like a chapstick and then you're like, gosh, I feel like I need to keep reapplying it. Whereas Aquaphor, I feel like I can put it on and I don't need to reapply. And then, um, the other thing is I feel like most chapsticks, like give me like peely lips, if you will, a little bit, like they just get a little peely, literally any, any, chapstick does that for me, but, um, not Aquaphor and not this, this has been awesome. So that has been my current favorite. I'll have to check that out. I'm always up for a good chapstick lips, lip gloss, yeah, something a little bit neutral. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, it's okay. clear. So there you go. Yes. Oh, there you go. Okay. So my current favorite is actually the book that my Catholic women's group is reading currently. It's called the temperament God gave you. And one of the girls in my group recommended it and it is just so good. So there's four different temperaments that, um, you are born with. You have one of the four as your primary one. And then I think you also have a secondary one as well, but it is very interesting to learn about what temperament you are. And then throughout the book, they also have a chapter on the temperament. God gave your spouse and the temperament God gave your children. And so it's been really interesting to kind of learn how, if you have a different temperament than your husband, how those temperaments um, interact mm-hmm. or complement each other, the different challenges that could, could cause. And then same thing with your kids. I mean, Fitz is going to be two in December. So it's kind I can kind of tell what temperament he might be, but I don't know really for sure. So as he grows, I think it'll be something good to go back on and, and read, but yeah, it's just been really interesting. It's similar to maybe like a personality type. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that, but it's, um, it, it clarifies in the book that it, it's not a personality, um, test. It's like, again, you're born with this type of temperament. Mm-hmm. So do you have to like, do you like take a test? They do have uh, like a little quiz in the the first chapter, but I am not the temperament that it told me that I was. <laughs> so okay. it was like three, three questions. I'm sure there's other tests out there that are like more in depth. This was kind of just like a quick self-test. So hmm. yeah, but as you awesome. read more about the temperaments, you can kind of figure out which one you are pretty quickly and which one your spouse is. So yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And this um, this author also has separate books of just like the temperament God gave your spouse. And I think there's also one, like a whole book on the temperament God gave your children, but they okay. do have those topics as chapters in just this first book. So yeah, it's been interesting. That's cool. Not me literally saying a lip gloss and you saying okay. this very okay. beautiful book. <laughs> Stop it. You are always the one that's like my, my current favorite is I'm going to dedicate every day to prayer. And I'm Stop like, it. Well, well, mine's my new like nursing bra. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no, oh it's, it's okay. Scary. Well, the tables have turned clearly. The best. We just compliment each other really well. That's we work right. in balance, you know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. You ready to get into this one? Yes, let's do it. (laughs) Welcome, Dan and Jenny. We are so excited to have you guys here for today's episode. I shared just briefly in the intro that you two are technically kindergarten sweethearts, uh, (laughs) but maybe you could start just by sharing a little bit about yourselves and how long you've been married and how many kids you have, all all that fun stuff. Okay. Do you want to start? Sure. sure. Okay. Well, thanks for having us. First of all, Tori and Mary. Um, Yeah, we are kindergarten sweethearts. I remember the first day of kindergarten, I walked in to the classroom and kind of checked out the scene, right? To see who the boys were to play with, what was going on. And boom, I saw this really cute blonde haired girl. And I just thought, wow, it's a really cute girl. (laughs) 
and uh, I just kind of had this instant, you know, attraction to her, and it it's still here today. I still am excited to be in the same room with her. <laughs> date. So this is a date for us. Um, I felt the same way. Oddly enough, we did have a crush right away when we were in kindergarten. In third grade, we got caught looking at each other while the uh, sister Dorothy was reading to us, and she caught us catching glimpses of each other. So um, yeah, we go way back. But um, we dated off and on all through high school, um, mostly off in college, but some on as well, and found ourselves together, gosh, um, well, a few years, a couple years after college. And from there, now we've been married almost 29 years, and we have four kids. And uh, one is married all the way down to senior in high school. So I think that's, that's us. <laughs> awesome. Well, today's topic obviously is all about preparing for the sacrament of marriage. But I think, obviously, all of this begins as early as, you know, the very beginning stages of dating. So we do have a lot of listeners, like we talked about before um, we started recording, we have a lot of listeners that are kind of in that dating phase or even like looking for spouses. Um, so could you kind of share with our um, listeners maybe some important things to do or consider when you're looking for a future spouse and when should that process begin? Yeah. <laughs> well, typically not in kindergarten. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> Although you never know. You just yeah. never know. So, um, I mean, we kind of laughed about this a little bit because we feel like we're kind of, we've, we're so far past the dating, but the good news is we actually have kids that are in the dating ages. And so um, it's, it's kind of opened our eyes to what they're going through and, um, and it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I think that, um, you know, for young Catholic people who are women or men of faith, it's great to pray for your spouse. Um, and we had a we had a great model. Really, Jenny's parents uh, always talked about praying for the future spouse of Jenny. So basically, they're praying for me my whole life, and uh, um, and that they taught us that we've we've always prayed for our children's future spouse or vocation. Um, but yeah, so to try to pass that on to your kids to do that for themselves. And also be patient. I don't, I don't, it's your, the dating now is so weird and it's, I mean, it's just so different than what we grew up with that, um, we're not single. I'm glad we're not single and (laughs) social media. Oh my golly. Um, but, but I, I think that they need to just be patient, wait for, those right people. I think that they're out there and you just have to kind of, as difficult as it is, keep putting yourself out there. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and it's, um, you know, I, Tori, we learned a lot or got a great message at your wedding, your dad talking about, about a three date rule and kind of really being intentional about dating and not just, you know, for fun. And, and certainly, there, you can run the risk. You do, you do run the risk of getting too physical <laughs> too quickly. You get too connected. Your 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 souls get connected. 
um, but certainly by, you know, having sex. And, um, and that's He's going there already I'm going there. already. <laughs> I love it. And that's something I think we didn't really even know when we were dating, but we've learned it now and learned and, and told to talk to our kids about it to, to, gu- to guard their heart and, you know, protect their purity. And, and that's it's such an important piece to, to move slowly into a relationship as opposed to diving in <laughs> too okay. quickly. Wait, I want to know what's the three date thing? What is that? Oh gosh. Well, you tell us, you know it better yeah. than me. So uh, my dad mentioned this in his father of the bride speech at my wedding, but when I moved to Des Moines and like started dipping my toe into dating, I just knew exactly what I was looking for. I did not want to play any games. And so I just had this rule for myself as a three date rule that um, if I was not feeling the connection after three dates, then I would just break it off. And um, I think it's easy to just kind of, you know, tag someone along just because you're lonely or whatever the case may be. But if you're not feeling that instant connection, whether it's after the first date, but definitely after the third, you need to like make separate ways. And the joke was Tim was the only one that made it past date three. (laughs) So yeah, that was just like my rule for myself. Cause yeah, it's easy to get caught up in something that's mediocre. And Mm -hmm. my, my whole thing was don't settle. Like God has great plans for you. And unless you know that this person's the one don't waste your time. So yeah, or or waste their time, right? Or waste their time. Yes. I'd have to say, Troy, you did not end up with mediocre. (laughs) I didn't. You guys are the top. top, So that's good. He's the best. Yeah, I got lucky. <laughs> so the rule worked. We're going to make sure our kids use that one too. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. I also want to, sorry, one other follow-up to your answer when you were talking about like how you talk to your kids about how important purity is and like making that decision um, really early on. Um, can you kind of just like expand on what that like like when you talk to your kids about that, like what that looks like, because like you said, you have your youngest is high senior in high school, I think you said, and then above. So like, when do you talk about that? And like, how do you really like nail in that that is like so important in a marriage, like beforehand and all of that? I don't even know when we started. It feels like those are the kinds of conversations that are always happening even even if I think a, you can be too late more than too early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First and foremost, especially in this day and age, you right. know, with the internet and Jenny made a comment um at one point we were talking about you should probably talk to your kids about sex before they have a phone. Yeah. And that's you see people having phones at eight, nine years old. I don't know, that's pretty young. Mm-hmm. But but again, I think you could be you age can run the risk of being you run, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Totally. But, but I mean, we start with, you know, from the time they're born praying for their purity and, um, and it's really important. We don't even realize how powerful, um, praying for purity for your child is just from the very beginning. So, so that sets you up in your own mind as a parent. Okay. This is important to us. I, I just happened to read today as we were kind of thinking through our conversation this evening. And I found, a. a number that I thought was staggering. Guess what percentage of people 
wait and are virgin at the time they get married? I, I would say less than 10%. Very low. Yeah. Right on 5% is what it said. 5%. Yeah. So is that, uh, just general or Christians? That's general. Yeah. yeah. So it would be nice to know, you know, what it would be if for Christians, but it was a general number. And I was, I was, I mean, you know, that was always the goal when we were growing up and now it seems like, you know, it's encouraged to, to have lots of partners. And so anyway, um, back to the original question of when do we talk about it? We've, you know, we talk about things kind of age appropriate as we go along, you know, just as soon as it would come up, you know, you understand that this is so beautiful. About 10, right? About age 10. Yeah, we did talk. I think we talked to our kids all around. I know 10. John, I did because we we do a, I did a 10 year old trip with the kids when they turned 10 weekend away with dad, kind of a surprise trip. You just pack up your bags and go somewhere. And I talked to John in the car on his 10 year old trip, <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of a good way to do it. It was less stressful. Yeah. You're, you're, like on a walk or when you're driving there's less tension mm-hmm. and I just kind of laid it out there you know age appropriate yeah. and uh it was John was so funny because he's like got it okay I understand dad that's enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, I uh, love yeah. yeah so um so that's when we did it yeah 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 I it just seems like you know it would always it, it just has always come up we're very open about it we just kind of it's part of everyday conversation you know, yeah. this is important. And that's, so, yeah, that's awesome. I, wish I, I could do think information. Oh. Yeah, I do think it's so important to just be very open and like be, have those conversations as, you know, like you said, as early as you feel is good. But I feel like if you're being open about it, then I feel like your kids are more likely to feel comfortable talking to you about things like that when issues come up or when, you know, feelings come up or all of these different things. So I do feel like that's so important. Um, I think that right now the kids that they feel like the expectation is when you have a serious boyfriend or girlfriend, or even before um, the expectation is that sex is part of those relationships. And I think it's important for us as parents to make sure that, you know, it may be countercultural, but it shouldn't be. The expectation is that you wait because it's so wonderful when you bring that in a pure way to marriage. And we, so. we, we had the good fortune of the fact that we waited, that we could, mm-hmm. you know, kind of be able to be able to say, to try to model that to them. Thanks to Jenny, by the way, it's all on, all on her, her strength. <laughs> Lots of shows, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Okay. Let's talk about dating and not to age you guys, but when you started dating, things looked very differently than they do today. Um, You have a daughter who recently got married. And like you mentioned, some of your younger kids are probably starting to date. So just from your experience of um, witnessing your kids, like what have you noticed about the dating culture today and how it's changed throughout the years? Well, go ahead. I was going to say when we, when we dated, um, somebody would ask you on a date and you might go to a movie and dinner and you talked and that's where you learned about them. We didn't have texting and we didn't have 
social media to kind of gather what they were about based on their photos that they posted or anything. You well, actually, well, Jenny had a team line. I I did have a team line, which was, was pretty, pretty cool, cool back in the day. <laughs> phone in my room that my mom and dad would not pick up and listen to so that was nice but no um where were where was I going so it was just different you would go to a movie and you'd go to dinner and at the end of that you really could kind of figure out okay is this person somebody that I'd want to date and I mean looking back I can't even tell you all the people that I dated there's you dated a lot that and and now, by today's standards, my girls would be like, "Wow, mom, you got to gather up." It didn't mean you were sleeping. <laughs> this meant you were social and social. Yeah, yeah. people. Right. So that was very different compared to now, because now it's it's so much more complicated with all these words. Like, um, first they're talking, mm -hmm. and then I think I think that do you become exclusive? I think maybe you become exclusive. We're, so. we're trying to figure it out ourselves. And then you become official. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're kind of trying to figure it out, you know, just watching how things go. But it's a little crazier now. I, I think it's, it's overwhelming for me yeah. to even think about having to be in that, which honestly makes me pray even harder for purity for our children because it's, um, you know, all your exposure to everything on TV and social media is just so sex driven. That that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? I over I took that, didn't I? Yeah. No, it was very different. And yeah, it definitely seems more complicated. And and you know, from a guy's perspective, it took more guts back then. You had to either call or you had to ask in person. You couldn't mm -hmm. text. Couldn't sit behind a phone or message or somebody or whatever. And uh, it took a little more guts, and that was good. And he had to talk to your mom and dad a lot of times because yeah. they would answer the phone. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Dan I mean, and Jenny, you guys have, so you have uh, two girls and two boys. And so with your sons, do you, when they are starting to date, you know, Dan, what's that conversation that you have with your sons about dating and yeah. being respectful yeah. that might be going against what their friends might be doing? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think that's, it's important. And, and, and Danny has a girlfriend right now. <laughs> and, you know, that, that, um, you know, that is a conversation we have quite frequently is asking him, how are things going? Is it, you know, and just flat out asking him, is this mm -hmm. getting physical? Is this getting, mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, are you respecting her? Like you would, you know, want your sisters or your mother to be re um, respected. And, um, and, you know, those questions are hard. They're not easy, but you, got, you know, as a parent, you got to be a parent. You got to have the guts yeah. to ask them. That you know, and it's just, uh, um, yeah. So I think we've, I think we've um, been able to ask those tough questions at at times and and mm -hmm. get a good glimpse on what's going on and feel good about their dating. You know, because yeah. of that, um, they they do spend a lot of time at our house mm -hmm. and. We never close any doors in the basement. We we check in on them. We kind of, you know, which is good. We want them to be here. We want them to be part of that. I think when they're dating someone, it's important to get them to get to know the family and you to get to know them. And mm -hmm. um, and we enjoy that part of it. I, I remember 
um, many, many moons ago, Tori, when um, your husband was in high school and he had a girl that he really liked. And I don't know why I thought, you know, I would enlighten him with all my wonderful <laughs> skills since I, you know, since my kids were like two or something, I don't know. But, um, but I remember telling him, just remember that everyone that you date, you know, the odds of your high school girlfriend, I mean, no, we're odd, I suppose, but, but the odds of you marrying the person you met in high school or right at the beginning of college or whatever of you getting married are not that great. So make sure that you hand them off to their future husband and to their future people yeah. in a good and pure way. Like you don't want to take anything from them. You need to, you need to be kind of that prince that protects them and then hands them off because especially at the young ages, the odds are not great. You're going to end up together forever, you know, so you, you protect them. That's the right thing to do. Be a gentleman. So. Wow. That yeah. is great advice. And I do think it actually, we have a lot of like mothers that listen. And I, I think it's um, encouraging to hear you say that you like have those conversations frequently, because I do think and you're, when you said like, you got to be a parent, I feel like it can be, it can feel awkward or like you can feel nervous about asking your kids or like kind of that whole thing. Or even sometimes you're like, trust them and you're just kind of assuming that everything is great. Um, and so I think that that's important for people to be reminded of and to hear. I think that that's really good advice. So a little um, bit it works. And you know what, honestly, they want to talk about it. Yeah. You know, like I'm very open and I'll just go sneak into Danny's room and I'll, you know, kind of dig in a little bit deeper. And, you know, at first they're kind of like, whoa, hey, wait there, mama. And, uh, <laughs> but then all of a sudden they, you know, they share more and you, you say, why do you like them? You know, what, what is, what is your purpose in dating? And, you know, kind of asking real questions. And then they have to think of it from a little more adult perspective of, you know, why am I? And, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, yeah. but you just keep asking, you know, from the time they're dating in junior high to high school to adults. And, and then you hope that you've asked enough questions that you've kind of vetted out the ones that shouldn't make it and <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. them, end up with the cream of the crop. Well, help them uh, discern that process yeah. in a, in a, the best way possible, yeah. as opposed to infatuation and really getting, you know, in over your head of something that maybe isn't right for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Well, as Catholic parents, we know the importance of getting married in the church and, um, you know, we, we obviously all want that for our children as well, but it is becoming more and more common to get married outside of the church among our friends, kids, like you name it. I feel like it's just becoming more common. So what are your thoughts on this and any advice for those maybe like deciphering that decision? Hmm. We talked about this a little one, a little bit yeah. too. Um, so first of all, very personal decisions. So for anybody that's listening, I don't want to step on anyone's toes if they got married outside of the church. Um, you know, it's just where everybody's at at that time. But um, we talk about how, you know, the best marriages are, what did you call it? Sacrificial. Sacrificial yeah. love. Like where, where we want to, you know, 
always be thinking of the other person Mm -hmm. and what's the most sacrificial love that's ever happened in the history of the world. It was Jesus dying on the cross for all of us. And so what's so cool is when you get married in the church, you're literally standing at the foot of his cross. Like think of the last wedding you went to, there's always a cross above you and it's the most beautiful sign and and symbol of sacrificial love standing right above you. And, and there it is, you know, as you're Mm -hmm. getting married to that person who you're offering yourself to for the rest of their life. So I don't know. I can't think of a better place to be. Well, and it it is a sacrament, (laughs) you know, it is a sacrament in the church and every other sacrament happens at church. You're, you're baptized at church. Um, you're, you're confirmed at church. You've holy orders. Priests are ordained. Deacons are ordained at church. And, um, and it, you know, that's, that's, I think it's important, you know, because of that, to treat it as a sacrament and, and treat it as not just a, that we went through a, a marriage um, class or mm-hmm. something years ago. And they talked about one of the key things about the, was taking your marriage to a covenant marriage, as opposed to a, a contract, a contract's written by men, you know, a covenant is with God, mm-hmm. you know, that, 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 that marriage, that relationship is in union with him, you know, with, with, with God that, that can't be broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Speaking of the sacrament of marriage, you have participated in over the years as sponsor couple for individuals going through this process. So can you touch on what you learned throughout that experience? And when have you been able to decipher if a couple is truly ready to take that step and get married? Yeah, it's, and it's, we've mentioned it earlier too. We we really enjoy doing it. It it helps our marriage Mm -hmm. by doing it. It's just fun spending time with young couples. Mm -hmm. And, um, but first of all, that, that, it's not our choice to decide whether they're ready to be married. Our, 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 the goal, the goal of the process is to flush out really any un, any topics that have not been discussed. Just bring them out into the light, have real conversations mm-hmm. about them, um, and then you know it's their decision. The church, nor we, we as a sponsor couple, can tell them not to get married. Um, we've had a few that have not gotten married after the process. And it was a good, it was a good, it was a good vetting process. Back to that (laughs) vetting process, lady. No, (laughs) I think that what we've learned the most in doing um, the, the sponsor couple or marriage prep is that our marriage grows by working with other couples and talking about marriage and talking about what helps make it successful and kind of reviewing what we may not have discussed and so we find ourselves going on a date night and talking about things that we talked about as we were helping our couples. And um, so you can never quit learning and growing in your marriage. So I think what we learned, what we've learned in the process is that we still have lots of room to grow. So it's been, it's great. I highly suggest it. I think you both. What are, <laughs> what are some of those topics? I'm curious though, like what are some of those topics oh. of conversations, things that you bring up in dates that are good for anyone, whether right. they're going through that process or currently married to, right. to talk about. 
Well, there's, there's different topics. So, so there's, you know, like the bonders and one of the main bonders is your faith. Are you on the same page of faith? And, and do you want to practice your faith similarly? And, you know, are you going to be able to get on the same page? Because since it's such a bonder, if that isn't working, that's going to be a problem later. You're, you're going to have to figure that out. Um, finances are a huge one. How do you handle finances? Are you both huge spenders and are you going to be broke in no time? Is one a big spender and one, you know, really a penny pincher? Can you work together? Because that helps. But on the other hand, they also might get mad at each other. So there's there's that. Um, what are some of the other ones? Family history. Yeah. Like, do you know each other's family history? And how are you going to work within, you know, their family history? And and sometimes, you know, you find out about abuse or you find out that there's, a, um, oh, uh, people that have a, a health issue that is passed down in the family that they may never have known about. And it's just good to know about everything that you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's so many great topics. Sex. Yes. Yeah, sex. Oh, we talked <laughs> children, about sex. children, family yeah. planning kind of thing topics as well. Education yeah. for your kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's just so much. So, so I think kind of Tori, we, what we, when we go through that with a couple, we end up like going through those topics again, you know, mm-hmm. each other, are, are, are we on the same page? You know, are we on all those things, yeah. you know, and it's good. It's good. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It's so important. I feel like, like people always say communication is key. And like, it's so true that, you know, you may go into your marriage kind of on the same page, but then like, I feel like, like you said, it's so good to do those check-ins, um, especially on those big topics that maybe you haven't talked about in a while. Um, Yeah. That's a good reminder. For sure. Um, okay. So you kind of talked a little bit about this, but when you have a couple, maybe that, doesn't seem super compatible or, you know, you're just, you're, you feel like they maybe shouldn't go through with the marriage. How do you specifically handle that situation? I mean, like you said, it's their choice, but kind of like what, what is your process in that? That's that's Jenny's job. She's the, she's the bad. (laughs) I'm I'm a good cop. She's the bad cop. He's the nice one. (laughs) I'm very, um, grew up in a very open household and we just kind of spoke truthfully and clearly about a lot of things. And so I tried to be very gentle, but you know, it's, it becomes very clear when you're talking to people and they're at odds. We had, I'll give you an example of one that had a tough time and didn't make it quite through. Um, but they walked in and as soon as we sat down, we would always put the couple's on a love seat and we would sit on the sofa. We figured, you know, they're in love. They should sit next <laughs> to each other and have some fun. And so anyway, we would um, sit down and, and the, the male, yeah, the guy, the guy yeah. um, sat down and he literally turned his body away from the other three of us, like physically was not even facing mm-hmm. us. And we knew right away that we might have our hands full. And, um, and we proceeded to go on and there were lots of tears. Um, they, he no longer really dated. They didn't really date anymore. They didn't do anything together anymore. And it was clear that she moved to Des Moines following him. Yeah. yeah. There is not, um, it just wasn't very healthy. And every time she would say something, he would say, well, that's stupid. 
<laughs> and we'd be like, oh gosh, hmm, that doesn't quite like, you know, the right thing yeah. to say at that moment. So anyway, um, but they would never talk to each other outside of our meetings. And so we would give them, I would give them homework and, and it became very clear that this wasn't working very well. And so finally, one day I did have to say to them, um, and it was after we talked about it a lot. So it wasn't a surprise, but I said, if you two can't figure out how to communicate, you're going to live a long, miserable life together. And I, I tried to say it with as much love as I could, but I just, you have to be so honest because that was one, I mean, it was really almost hard for us to watch. And um, not long after the ending to that story was a priest, the priest in charge at that time came to us um, at an event and he said, hey, I need to say thank you. He said, those two should not have gotten married and they will not be getting married. And I, I don't know if it was as much us, it was just being honest yeah. and walking through the entire process with them. And um, I think- And, you Jenny, know, and Jenny just does a great job with that, with every kind of topic. She'll just call it out as it is and um, and just really give some loving, good advice though, that you know you really need to- talk more about this you need to work this out you know yeah. you really need to um so it's just really i think just in most cases pretty obvious where where there are issues or things that are really have not been discussed mm -hmm. and then it's just a matter of discussing it yeah i think a lot of times people get caught up in the excitement and the engagement and all the events that go along with it that all of a sudden they lose track of, hold on now, wait, are we still happy? Like, are, are, is this still moving in the right direction? And in that particular case, I feel like they just kind of got into it and, you know, she wasn't totally seeing clearly. And that's sometimes what happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as we always tell our kids, this is off the topic. I've told my kids since they were young that always ask for your family and closest friends opinion of the person that you're dating, because it would take them a lot of courage to say something negative, unless they're just a negative person, but yeah. it, your friends and family, your good friends and family, they don't want to tell you something bad about the person you're dating. But sometimes when you're caught up in the infatuation and that stuff, you don't see it, but your family does. And so, so just, we, I'd always say, listen to your friends and family because mm -hmm. they will tell you the truth if you offer them the opportunity without getting mad. So that's Let's such great advice because they want what's best for you. Ultimately, right. it's like they, they don't want anything wrong. You know, they don't want you to end up with the wrong person. And so I think the hardest part is humbling yourself and actually listening <laughs> when you are, when you do feel in love or like you said, Jenny, if you're infatuated with the person, you have these blinders on and it's so easy, I think, to just see past their faults or um, shortcomings. And it does take courage for the people that love and care about you deeply to say something. And I always admire the friends that do because- mm -hmm you know, you know, that they're just looking out for you and that's not easy because you could lose a friendship over that. But so that's really great advice. Um, and just the engagement process in general, I think it's just so important. Like that time is such a short period of time, but it is such a critical, critical, critical point, 
point in time, not just for planning, not just to plan this big party. Like it's so much more than that. And I think Pre-Kina does a great job to, to help you focus on like what you're actually preparing for. It's not the foo-foo dresses and cake and, you know, all that stuff is great, but this is your life. This is forever. Um, so could you share maybe your, the most important thing in your opinion that a couple can do during that engagement process to really help them prepare for the sacrament of marriage? Yeah. Well, I think one thing it's always a little concerning to us when we get a couple and we see they have the same address, just going to call it out there. Jenny said to our kids, if you want me to pay for the wedding, you're not going to live together. (laughs) I I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. I know that it's kind of the way of the world right now, but what I tell my kids is I want to pay for a wedding. And to me, a wedding is the sacrament that's full of blessings and prayer and all that good stuff. And so I don't want to pay for a formality. I want to pay for a real wedding in every sense of the word. And so I put it out there early on when our Gabby, we could see that she and Matthew were big fans of each other. They're now married, but I said it in front of the whole family and made sure Matthew was there as well. So that we're all on the same page, you know, it just is what it is. That's important to me. So yeah. I don't want to be controlling yeah, or anything. And I, think, but. <laughs> and I think, I mean, Jenny hit on faith being the biggest bonder or, or a big bonder for sure. I think it's the biggest. I think that's the most important thing that you could work on together. Um, and and I honestly, I'd say probably that we didn't probably do that as well as we should have mm-hmm. looking back. I wasn't there at that point in, in our life, but, um, man, I wish we would have, right. you know, at the beginning, I wish you would have known what we know now and, um, and, you know, spent time in adoration together, mm-hmm. receive the sacraments together regularly, go to reconciliation regularly together, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 uh, some, you know, be running towards Jesus together. Right. And the other thing too, is I think you have to keep dating because as you get closer and closer, some things can come out when, cause you kind of feel, well, not kind of, you feel very committed to each other once that ring is on the gal's finger. And so things can come out that you didn't always see. And it's important to realize that you're not married until you're married. And so it's always healthier to let somebody go before you walk down that aisle than after. I mean, it's much, much more painful. And so I I think it's important to, you know, keep dating, keep your eyes open and keep growing in that love. But if all of a sudden you're seeing things that are concerning, let me tell you, it magnifies by a million once you get married. Like Dan sometimes chewed with his mouth open after he got married. (laughs) It seemed that he liked carrots and celery and I could hear them <laughs> from four rooms away so I thought I was gonna kill him but that I could take <laughs> I could take that and there's other things that are a little more difficult to take like you know if somebody has wandering eyes and you notice it and you know there's just a lot of things you know the things but I'm just saying there's there's deal breakers and there's not Sometimes yeah. you see them closer to the time of the wedding. So yeah. keep your eyes open and make good decisions together. And chew with your mouth closed. And chew with your mouth closed. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love that. That's so funny. Uh, okay. Well then, so next is marriage. You know, marriage is obviously everyone says marriage is hard. We all know it. If you're married, you know that marriage is hard. So from you two, what would you say is some of the best advice that you have for married couples um, who maybe currently are going through a difficult time or just, you know, maybe they can put it in their back pocket for a difficult time to come? Yeah. Well, we did a, a marriage program and I can't even remember the name of it now, but it's probably 10 years ago. And the thing that stuck with me is they told a story, uh, not a story, but just some numbers from a a study that they had done one time. And they said that they asked all these divorced people, you know, like afterwards, and I'm not even, I hope I get this right. Afterwards, after they had gotten divorced, what, what they wish they would have done differently. And there was just this huge percentage that said they just wish they would have just stayed, that they would have figured it out if they would have just put their head down and stayed put and worked on it together. And Dan and I, um, you know, we've had some tough times after the twin towers went down, Dan lost his job for several months in technology. Technology was a weird thing at the time. And so we went through that. Um, and I was a stay at home mom. So, um, that was, that was a tough time. We've had, uh, one of our daughters was diagnosed with type one diabetes when she was 10, that was really bumpy. We later on had John who um, was diagnosed with epilepsy. And for the last six and a half years, he's had almost 400 grand mal seizures. I mean, there's tough stuff and nobody is immune from that. I mean, yeah. everybody, I don't care how faithful or not faithful or, you know, whatever you are, it, we're just going to have bumpy stuff. So if you just stay, and you just commit to going through it together and helping each other through it. And it's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the uh, um, you have that shared experience. If you get through it, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you do just, if you, it's not easy, it hasn't been easy at, all the time for sure. And if, but if you get through it, you have that shared experience of getting through it together. You know, I think of like football, you know, I was, you're, the guys that play football have this great bonder with with the people they played football with because they went through a shared experience of tough times, two a day practices in August when it's 100 degrees, you know, and, or just being in a really tight game and a really tough battle together. Um, you have that shared experience of going through a tough time together and you have that bond from mm-hmm. it. So that's that's I think on the other side of it, just stay to Jenny's point, stay persevere. And then, you know, there will be better days ahead. And that being said, it's mostly great days. If you set your mind to it. I mean, even in the icky stuff, we laugh. We've been in the hospital so many times. I can't even tell you. And we're giggling with the nurses and, you know, you you just have to find joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So stay and have joy. (laughs) I just have to say, I continue to be just in awe of you two. And for those of you listening who don't know Dan and Jenny, they've been through a lot. And it's, I can't even imagine when it's your, when it's your kid that you're witnessing, like the pain and grief that, that, you know, that you experience through that, just watching your kids suffering. And if you met them, you would never know in a million years that they're dealing with that. And I think a lot of that 
just goes to show the type of people they are, but also it, it, it is hard, but they lean on their faith. They lean on each other. They have this amazing positive outlook on life and just trust in God that is so beautiful. And so, yeah, I mean, you continue to inspire me. Um, and, and it does go to show that if you lean on each other during those tough times, you're going to come out of it stronger. Um, you know, Tim and I've gone through our tough patches with losing Lucy, George, and John. And, um, and if we didn't lean on our faith, we would not have gone out, gotten out of that the way that we did and lean on each other. And so that's, I'm just glad that you mentioned that because it's so true. You, you kind of have to lean on each other during, during those seasons. So definitely. And you guys are just an incredible, incredible job, like parents, but you've done an incredible job raising your kids as well. And as a young mom of three boys, I am always praying that you know, we'll be able to raise them with strong faith and their relationship with God uh, and just hope that they remain close to him as they grow. And I can see how this can be difficult um, just in this day and age with your kids growing and in virtue and growing close to God. Um, So what advice do you have for parents to young children and just helping them grow in their faith and remain close, remain close to God? Well, yeah. I think that you're doing it, Tori. I, and Mary, I'm sure you are too. If you're friends with Tori, you've got this all figured out. But, um, we, you know, I feel like um, we hit the jackpot or I hit the jackpot on parents. And my dad and mom did what I think everyone needs to do and just be an example. Literally, there was not a single night that went by that I didn't that I walked by their room and they would be on their knees together praying. And it was just so normal, you know, and, and to, to have such a holy marriage and be presented in front of me. And it was so normal that, you know, it's just what you expected when you had your own marriage, right? They did, they were joyful in their faith. They never moped having to get to church. They, they, took us there and we were probably rotten and naughty and we still survived and got out of there without too many threats. <laughs> we thanked <laughs> our kids a lot. <laughs> um, but they took them, you know, they took us to church every single week. We prayed before all of our meals. Um, my mom and dad blessed us before we went to sleep. There were holy water fonts in all of our bedrooms. And when you walked in, you just always blessed yourself. And then at bedtime, they always made the sign of the cross and laid their hand on our head and prayed over us. And dad would, you know, every night at the kitchen table, he'd be telling us about a miracle or about a saint. And mm-hmm. then we would talk about our day. And then we would talk about the dog. You know what I mean? Like it was just everyday normal stuff. And it's just so woven in that yeah. we, we can't imagine it any differently. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And a lot of joy. Yeah, There's a and, lot I, of joy. and as we were dating in high school, I knew there was something different about Jenny's family. You know, my, but you know, my family's great as well. Very good Catholic family, and and um, different though, just just different. And and I, I I saw where they they talked about the faith. They they were joyful about it. It was part of their everyday conversation. And I and I wanted it. And we've tried our best to to, to model that. 
yeah. not not perfectly, not not perfectly, but um, you know, we we you know, obviously it's not always it is not kicking and screaming, but always pushing every now and then. You know, come to reconciliation with me, come mm-hmm. to adoration with me, um, those types of things. But try to make it fun, like okay, let's go to reconciliation, then we'll get ice cream, you know, or just you know just 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 um, trying to uh, to model it and encourage it and. Um, and we've been blessed. I mean, the kids are, the kids are awesome. They yeah. really, it, it's, it's such a joy seeing your kid, your kids, um, love the faith, live the faith. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's for little kids. I have one for college. This, this is a, a little one that we did for, um, when our kids went to college, I'd say, okay, I'm going to put, I'm transferring, you know, 10 bucks for you and your friend after for coffee after you go to church on Sunday. And so I just I would do it for a few weeks until they established their church buddies. And then once that was established, you know, we just didn't really talk about it anymore. We assumed that they would go right. But we'd always check, you know, and and when they're in college and call them on Sunday and yeah, which 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 mass did you go to? questions and continue to hope you know hope and pray and, and fortunately our kids did and our yeah. girls at least at this point you yeah. know did uh, through their college years and they're now their young adult years yeah good. yeah and prayer keep praying pray all yeah. the time for them yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely that um I think we've talked about this before a little bit on the podcast but something along the lines of like if you want to raise saints you have to strive yourself to be a saint every day um because you have to give them that example without it i mean how will they know you know you're there you're who they see every day you're the one raising them um so without that example how will they know um so i think that's perfect advice beautiful advice um and then to end what is the best piece of advice for marriages that you'd like to share to our listeners mm-hmm. you can go first um you know, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. That's probably <laughs> you know, I, I think we kind of started at the beginning talking about sacrificial love. And I think it gets to that, to try to your best and not perfect. We're not perfect, but you do your best to put the other's interest above your own. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, one little thing I try to do when Jenny's out of town, like on a girl's weekend, I've found that her language of love is a clean house when she comes home. So I try to do that most times when you're gone, which isn't very often, but every now and like maybe once or twice a year, she'll go on, go, go on a girl's weekend. And, um, and I just get so much joy out of having her come home, seeing that it's a clean house when she walks in the back door and just, um, it's, it's simple things like that. It's the everyday things and mm-hmm. try not to chew with my mouth open, <laughs> take the garbage out, you know, and. And just thinking about what I can do to lighten her load, um, what, you know, how we can have fun together, how we can, you know, grow in our, grow in our relationship together. Yeah. He's, he's a very, very good husband. You can tell he has good parents. Dar, I hope Dar's listening. (laughs) (laughs) If she can figure it out, I'm sure she is. That's right. (laughs) Debbie might have to go show her how. (laughs) But, you know, one of the things that my dad would always say is the best gift you can give your kids is to have a home where they know their parents love each other because it just makes them feel so safe and secure. 
And um, so I think, you know, it's just that putting our marriage first and, and loving our kids, but knowing that it's okay to step away for date nights because, which we haven't always been great at, but, um, you know, taking time for those date nights to just stay connected with each other, because what your kids really need is to see that love that, that gives them so much security, seeing all the love between the two of you. So I think, I think an important piece we haven't really touched on too, is surrounding yourself with other good couples, you know, that this, it isn't easy to do alone, you know, and, and you don't have to do it alone. You know, seek out those those um, those good couples and 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 you know share your experiences and, and your highs and your lows and and um, it's good. Yeah. yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. This has been so fun. You guys are great. Thank you so much. I know that our listeners are all going to get a lot out of this episode. What whatever stage they're in, whether they're not they're single, they're dating, or if they're married. So we appreciate appreciate your time and your advice. Well, thank you for having us. This was fun. Yes. Well, we always end our episodes in prayer. So um, I can go ahead and, and close us out in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with Dan and Jenny And thank you for the gift of them and their marriage, their beautiful example that they have to share to all of us. We pray for all those listening who are discerning dating life or even marriage, that you be with them and that you help guide them along this process. For those that are listening that might be struggling with purity, um, I hope and pray that you can give them courage to stay close to you and to avoid all temptation. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a friendly review. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Sacrifice of Praise Podcast and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, know that we are praying for you. Bye. Bye.